Yalla gambo match, yalla gambo abula, yu grand mandat. This program was produced in association with Bad Boys Productions. Two guys from different worlds having a yarn to break down the barriers created from centuries of battles. Let's put down our body armour, tools and weapons and focus on what's important to open up space and time for real discussions. Standing on solid rock, standing on sacred ground, living on borrowed time, the winds of change blowing down the line. The conversations of men from all walks and generations are changing, and now is the time to speak up and leave the ego behind because our dialogue needs to change. Sometimes it's the secrets we keep that does us the most harm. Don't tell me that it's just a fight Cause somewhere, someone lies Standing on solid rock Standing on sacred ground Living on borrowed time Search for a better understanding with Secret Men's Business. G'day everyone and welcome to Secret Men's Business, the show without boundaries, colour or judgement, a safe place for all people to have the discussions that we need to have so that we can all move forward in our own way. This is a show for all men and women who know men as we work together to better understand each other and the world we live in. G'day, Dwayne. Great to have you here again, mate. G'day, brother. How are you? I'm always good, mate. I'm always good. And I really look forward to kicking off with you. You know, I've got to say a couple of things. First of all, uh, I'm loving this. You know, this is a, a fabulous almost form of therapy for myself. I love getting together and talking you know, two men just from different tracks, just talking through stuff, getting it all out. It's fabulous. Just being human, um, just connecting in a, in a universal way. Um, you know, like the like the show intro says, tools and weapons down, and that's for everybody. Um, we want to speak to multicultural Australia, uh, men and women that know men, and to turn around uh, secret men's business, but to make it not so much of a secret anymore. So, again, it... It is. It's it's a time of the week where um yeah bouncing out of bed, brother, and it's it's such a great journey that we're on in being creative and giving a platform for uh, whoever and whatever group of men want to either peek through the trees or or get right into it with us and you know do a few head bangings to our intro and and whatever whatever this is this is a show for you. So whatever they get out of it, uh, we get out of it, and everybody is happy and everybody wins. Yeah, look, I couldn't agree more. And you know what? I am so excited about the the music that we've got for the intro. And a big shout out to uh, Scott Danlow and Shane Howard. You know, I mean, Shane Howard is the lead singer of uh, Goanna, an '80s rock band that still live on to this day uh, in their own way. And you know, Scott put together that version of Solid Rock. 
which, uh, in all honesty with you, I never really connected with the message behind the song until recently. And it is so perfect for our show for a number of reasons. One, the story behind it, mm. the connection that it has with the message. Uh, but it's just a bloody good rock song. You know, I mean, it just every time I hear it, I just want to get my air guitar out and bang my head. So, um, you know, I love that. Look, one thing I wanted to say, a big shout-out to everybody listening and a big thank you to everybody for the incredible um, connection that you're all having with the show. The figures for the show are actually going off the charts, and I am so excited about that uh, only because, uh, you know, the more people listen, the more of a difference we can all make together. You know, this is Dwayne and I, again, we're just two guys having a yarn, and ultimately speaking, the discussions we're having are being had because not only do we want to have the discussions ourselves, but we're hoping that you will then go and have the discussions yourself with your loved ones as well, with your friends, with your family, with your community, with your people, with your mob, um, to get in there and have those discussions too because it's when those discussions start to creep and take off, that's when real change actually starts to happen and it's not about us. It's not about Dwayne and I. This is about all of us, all of us having those discussions and I think um, <clears throat> I think that's really important. So that big thank you to everybody for listening, for subscribing. Uh, if you like the show, please jump on to go to Apple and leave a review. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback and everything like that as well. Uh, and even if you've got some great ideas of some stuff that you want or you know of some particular uh, people, you know, people who have written books or, you know, people that are, uh, you know, experts in their field and all that sort of stuff that you want to hear from, send us an email to info at secretmensbiz.com. That's info at secretmensbiz.com. Whether it's to provide an idea of what you want to hear on the show, whether it's to give us some feedback. You know, if you've got some positive feedback, leave it on Apple. If you've got some negative feedback, maybe send us an email and we can uh, we can talk about it and make a change. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the idea is, is this is a show for all of us and all of us contribute to it and that success that is really taking off now uh, you know, that's not because of Dwayne and I. That's because of people like yourself listening uh, and connecting with it and uh, having those discussions. So big thanks to everybody. Yeah, thank you too um, from, from my end. It's really important, uh, listeners, that, you know, tune in. Uh, if it's a you know, spare 10, 15 minutes, obviously our episodes go for close to an hour, but that could be something that you could be chipping away at and, and by all means uh, do and listen to how, how you feel. But that, um, to Ditto Andrew's comments around the feedback we're, we're so in love with our process um but we're also very robust with one another we only had one of those conversations a bit earlier andrew before the show uh you gave yeah. me some thoughts and some constructive criticism about some of the work that i'm doing and and, and we reciprocate that and we take that take that on board and and we do it um like you speak about a lot and in previous episodes it's about parking that ego and once that ego is in check and it's out the door um, out the front maybe waiting in the car um, amazing stuff happens, gentlemen, and, and that's truly the magic of what we're trying to create is to get um, men into that space, into a place where, um, number one, they can explore what um, the ego and is about for, for us and the way that we interpret it, but also other good philosophers and, and people that, that know this um, type of work around um, you know, self-improvement and, and well-being. It's so, so important. And a lot of this stuff, Andrew, for the most part of men, hasn't been put out uh, very accessible at all. So hopefully we're finding a formula that, that people can connect to to explore this even more so. And I want to 
uh, echo your sentiments around we love secret men's business conversations that aren't so much of a secret anymore to be happening on the on the front deck in the boat uh, catching some fish um, going out around the barbecue yeah going out with your sons and daughters and, and having men's play dates and you know that's um, that's something that that we're you know knowing that there's there's even television shows around that I uh, can't remember the particular one on commercial TV because I don't watch it much very anymore but um, uh, it's uh, Married Housewives I think it was so that that um, that's really in 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 um, house husbands sorry uh, married house husbands and um, that's you know that's breaking that that grain of that it's okay to get in touch with that feminine masculinity and, and in previous episodes we've touched on that and we'll continue to do that um, those that know me know I'm uh, probably perceived as a pretty uh, staunch sort of character robust character but I'm very much in tune with my feminine masculinity and the more you can balance that out and understand it um it's really interesting it's challenging um but it's also mm. something that uh you know it balances us out as, as men and it makes us better human beings uh, better lovers better providers better protectors and essentially better warriors and uh, again i've touched on this in in previous episodes of how i perceive the warrior i'm actually writing a book about it andrew as you know and yes. and it's about bring back the warrior and that's the title of the book and it's it's about my story and my journey but you're right it's not about me or you uh where the the guides and the, the lieutenants of the ship at the moment and we're just going on into these crazy waters and seeing which way the wind takes us really so the spinnaker is really set in freestyle at the moment and we're happy to take whoever wants to come on that boat with us and, and spin, but let the uh, the spinnaker guide us where we need to go that's right i mean look i agree with you you know being the lieutenants and everything like that because we can't be the captain of someone else's ship they're the captain of their own ship you know, in the same way, you know, I say to people all the time, you know, when we're on our path, you know, people don't uh, tell us what our truth is. Mm. You know, people provide ideas, perspectives, uh, theories. They lay seeds. But sure, absolutely. They provide guidance. But we are the only ones that can find our own truth. We are the only ones that can connect with that. And you know, in a greater scheme of things, you know, the one thing I've loved about the feedback that we have been getting from people is, you know, some people are even listening to our episodes in the car when they're driving the kids around. Mm. And the kids are subliminally taking this information in and realising, oh, wow, actually that's that's kind of cool. Oh, what about then the ki- their parents are having these discussions with their kids, which is really important, which means I probably need to watch my P's and Q's sometimes uh, if I've realised that we're having a bit of a younger audience as well. But the point being is, you know, our truth is our truth. Yeah. It's always going to be our truth. The problem is I think the one reason why a lot of people are unhappy in their lives is because, in fact, the truth is in, in making them unhappy. The truth that they are currently feeling within themselves is uh, disconnecting them or um, their experience of life is is what they associate more to the point as their truth. And it's not until someone presents to them an alternative idea, an alternative perspective theory or lays a different seed that they then start to think, oh, wow, maybe, okay, let me think about that. You know, let me chew the card on that one a little bit. And then they start to explore the different perspectives and the different ideas and realise that what they once thought was their truth was in fact actually a false truth Mm. um, that they've been educated into, indoctrinated into a system that has us believing things that perhaps aren't real believing in things that uh, don't actually align with what I call our real reality. 
And, you know, I think that's a really good thing for us to talk about today, mate, you know, that whole finding your truth aspect. Because I think we all need to find our truth. And for someone who's been on the path myself, uh, living a completely unconscious life, uh, you know, in my flash suit and driving around in my BMW, uh, you know, living the consultant's lifestyle offices, you know, around the country, thinking that I was all that. Did you, um, sorry to cut you off there, Andrew, did, don't you refer to that guy as the wanker? Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the guy driving around, uh, absolutely. <laughs> and look, at, don't get me wrong, when I now look back at the, you know, year 2000 version of myself or the year 2005 version of myself, Look, that's one word that comes to mind. No question. <laughs> Sorry, I had to jump there. No question. No, no, you got it, mate. You got it. Particularly when you're talking about suits and BMWs, I, I get it. But the, the thing is, is you know, I went through this process to find my truth because I realised that what I thought was my truth was in fact actually making me unhappy. That was restricting me, keeping me down, uh, and more to the point, not enabling me to find freedom. And I know you've been through that too, mate. You know, I've seen the growth that's happened in you over the years and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. And I see you as a man uh, not only who's found their purpose and is fulfilling that purpose, but, but a man who's really living his truth. And I reckon there's a great deal of uh, certainly a lot of respect for me about that, um, you know, and I'm very proud of anybody who can do that because that's a really big deal. But I think there's a lot of strength in that. Yeah. And particularly in this new uh, redefined masculinity, mm. this masculinity with the acceptance of the feminine aspect that influences it is so, so important as a part of finding that truth because it's it's gentler. Mm. There's less ego involved. Uh, it doesn't mean that the ego doesn't present. You know, look, we, we all struggle with the ego from time to time, me included. But ultimately speaking, if we can just put that ego aside for a few minutes, and connect back to our truth. That's where real peace is. That's where real freedom is. I think the the tragedy is that most people feel like they can't find their truth. Yeah. I, to me, that that's the real tragedy. Yeah, it's the um, it's definitely the culture that has been constructed in uh, throughout the Westminster system. So those listeners out there that are probably wondering a little bit more about that, there's some there's some good research around that around what the Western society system is which essentially sometimes is referred to as the Westminster system so to take you on a, a real quick journey um, back it's it's throughout understanding that the hierarchy and the monarchs uh, you know the medieval uh, rules of, of empires of the British Empire and, and the formation of that essentially is um, you know and, and some would uh, go left right and center and some some in between of this but it's a very dominant culture that has um, you know colonized a, a massive proportion of of the world Andrew and as you know you, you you're quite passionate about this and we've had some previous episodes going into this um, quite uh, robustly and that's important because that's another part of what this this episode this uh, this, this show is about um, yep but it, it's understanding that there's a construct and there is a system um, there's an ecosystem. Um, that you're a part of, that you're ingrained and, and entrenched into. Uh, it's a societal uh, framework that, in the most part, let me let me go into a scenario. You know, you have a, uh, you, you were born. Um, then, if you're a male in particular, you were born. Then you are 
uh, more than likely you could be uh, disconnected from your father because he's out probably working or you know you don't see much of him uh, or sure. you might just not have your father around at all or you might be in a uh, in a in a negative and toxic uh, upbringing. Okay, so I'm just sort of rattling off what is quite common for a lot of a lot of men in their upbringings. Um, but then there are also, uh, I know of plenty of men that have had beautiful upbringings and beautiful childhoods and come, you know, and worked with myself and um, are on absolute struggle street because they've just been what I call whacked, you know, emotionally, spiritually, physically. Um, they're sick on, on all levels and um, it's something that, I'm very passionate about, and it's a very private part of the work that I do, Andrew, as we discussed a little bit earlier about um, it's understanding that we are introduced into a system that is not a part of who we genetically are. And I know you often ref refer to the caveman days and our first part of stress being uh, the lions, tigers and bears, maybe on that yellow brick road that we often joke about, but on a serious note, uh, looking around yeah. for that sabre tooth or that's when our stress is... Uh, have come into play in our evolution as, as human beings. And, um, you know, for us here, obviously, as Indigenous people, that was pretty much one of our main stresses of, uh, of our culture. Obviously, we had um, our, you know, there were uh, and, and has been particular battles and, and between different tribal groups and, and so forth. Um, a lot of language groups maintained that governance and their, and their laws really well and, the, and it was a lot of peace and prosperity. That, again, in turn goes back to the people doing the research on the 600 different dialects of language across the continent they call Australia. And um, if uh, the listeners want to delve into that, I've, I've touched on that in, on numerous episodes now. But... Um, this is my viewpoint on how a man is introduced into what I find um, is a, an introduced society of who they should be. So for them to really find their truth, Andrew, um, the mm. society and the construct of the Westminster system, which is, let's let's say, it still is a very dominant, predominant um, culture, even across the, the continents that have still got Indigenous uh, occupancy and, 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 you know, people yeah. living in that in that world. Um, it, it's basically a, a pathway to be introduced into. Then if you, you need to find your true self, I find, and you know, through our journeys that we've shared, that there's so much unlearning, and there's that word again, that unlearning or untraining yeah. to do. So for men that are, that are pretty new to this sort of listening, and that's probably the, the way I could shape this is that you are – born into a society and that doesn't mean it's a negative thing and your parents didn't do the right thing by you but you know through media um, and through governments and you know past policies and even current policies for that matter we're indented in in consuming this information that is that is constructed to i suppose we could be referred to as ro robot like you know it, it's that's what that's yeah. that information channeling where you are leading this life and navigating this life then all of a sudden sudden some sort of hardship or something happens in your life and, and we often refer to that Andrew I jokingly throw at you all the time you know you're in the midst of your midlife crisis that you, that you bloody love so um, I do love my midlife crisis absolutely trying to perpetuate it for as long as possible it's too much yeah, and I'm sure that you'll unpack that for our listeners shortly as to what you mean about that and and that's that's what we mean we're, we're, we're sort of you know, hopefully trying to give a bit of a framework for men to um, you know, open up a gateway here to, to, to give them a bit more clear understanding of what where we're taking them in finding your truth because there's a lot of unlearning, there's a lot of emotion, um, there's a lot of 
bloody hard decisions um, that you have to make enable to you to follow that pathway to your truth. So, yeah, look, I completely agree with you. And the unlearning is is an interesting term because it's so necessary. I mean, I, I see that all the time, and I say to people all the time as well: forget what you know. Mm. Because what you know has brought you to this point in time and if you're unhappy, miserable, depressed and anxious, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that what you know has led you to that place. So for us to get you out of that situation, we need to change what you know. So I talk about, you know, to people, uh, it's our beliefs that create our life experience. And the reason being is our beliefs create rules or expectations in our head about how life should play out and that then creates actions or behaviours which is our reaction to how things play out. So if we have an expectation that the today is going to play out a certain way and it goes completely the opposite direction, more likely we are to experience pain from that and therefore lash out in our actions and behaviours. However, if today's activities meets the expectations that we have of the day or even the expectations of any given moment, uh, if it meets those, then we feel pleasure and we go along with it and we, we have a great time. So... Until we start examining our belief system, and I'm not necessarily referring to a belief system associated with religion or mm-hmm. God. However, if, you know, and a lot of people come to me and they talk about this, uh, they say, you know, they were raised in a strictly religious household and then they became teenagers and realised the hypocrisy of it all and and they just had to get Can out Can I just quickly jump in on that? that that's a, course, that's yeah. a very common tale for me with our uh, on-country uh, Indigenous tourism experiences. We- we get that scenario quite a lot, yeah. And so what, what is happening is, okay, let's briefly talk about this midlife crisis aspect and why I love it so much. All a midlife crisis is is the person's experience at that point in time no longer meets the belief system that they created in their early 20s yeah. or late teens, right? So we, we create a belief system when we're first born based on our parents and the way they they bring us up. When we enter our early teens, we're basing it on our parents, our siblings, and the people that we kind of look up to. When we leave home, we try and rebel against what our parents taught us and establish ourselves as our own men or as our own women, uh, and we set a, a belief system in place. Now, the interesting thing is most people don't check in with their belief system after yeah. that. They get to their mid-40s or mid-50s, and suddenly their experience of life, usually unhappy, unfulfilling, mediocre, sometimes depressed, sometimes highly anxious, you know, all this stuff. Their experience of life no longer correlates with what their expectations were set by the belief system from their early 20s. So the first thing I say to them is, okay, let's sit down and let's examine that belief system. Let's pull all apart all of these different beliefs that you have and let's look at them about how you might see them now. And it's only through going through that process they actually start putting two and two together and going, oh, my God, I've believed this all my life. Now I know it to be different, but my belief still formulates my thing. So religion is one aspect. A lot of people get raised, um, they believe in this, call it rule and order or control associated with certain religions, and then they start to realise, well, actually, no, that doesn't really make sense anymore because of this reason, because of that reason, because of what I've learned, the wisdom that I've gained over the years. But they still feel like they have to, and part of it is about putting the ego behind and saying, you know what, over 20 years, I think I've earned the right to change. You know, I, I'm no longer the 20-year-old version of myself. I'm now the 45-year-old version of myself. Now, that realisation was uh, almost forced upon me by the universe 
in my, call it, early Mm -hmm. 30s because I'd gotten to a point where my pain and suffering as a result of my sexual abuse as a teenager was uh, getting too much, that I deserved a better life, I deserved a better self, I deserved to forgive myself. More to the point, my my boys, my family, they all deserved a better life as well, a better father, a better partner. So I, I did something about it. And through that process, I went through a process of unpacking how all of this works. Now, it took me yeah. 15 years to get to where I am now. The interesting thing going through the formal processes and the informal processes is it enabled me to create a process myself that I can now repeat yeah. in others, which is what I do for a living. So the interesting thing is is this rock bottom that happens sometimes with the midlife crisis, and we talked about this in yeah. an earlier episode, that our rock bottom is our greatest opportunity. And I wholeheartedly believe that. And it's no different in the middle of your midlife crisis, even though you're not in a rock bottom, maybe you're just dissatisfied with life. Maybe you're just dissatisfied in your relationship. Maybe you're um, unhappy at work. There's just something about it. It doesn't have to be complete catastrophe like yeah. a rock bottom. But whatever it is, you can change it. Absolutely, you can change it. A lot of people say to me, "But oh, you know, I, but I live in Sydney. You know, I, I, I can't move out of the country." And I say, "Well, why not? You know, I did it." And it was the best decision. Oh, but what about the kids in their school? Well, my kids can't change school. And they love their new school and they're happier and brighter. And, you know, my kids learn to surf at school, you know, because the school's right near a beach. You know, they have a quick bus ride home. They don't have the stresses of city life. I don't either. So, you know, man, our kids feed off adults. In any given situation, the kids will immediately look at an adult to figure out how the kids should react. And they base it on the adult. The adult's stressed and wound up and all that sort of stuff and freaking out at every little thing that's going on. So are the kids yeah. going to as well. Simple fact. So, I, you know, my midlife crisis kicked off. It opened up the opportunities for me. Unfortunately, part of the process was my marriage yeah. fell apart. Look, 20 years of alcoholism, that's hardly surprising to anybody who knows what damage that can do. Uh, but what it did is it opened up the doors for new possibilities. You know, I met a new partner, as did my ex. You know, the kids are doing much better. They've got a better father. You know, I I fundamentally changed my career. And, you know, I'm moving forward on that. But the reason why I like it is is because I now constantly check in with my belief system. And the moment a belief no longer works for me, I I just simply change it. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. And that's what this whole finding truth discussion, I think, is all about, is the reason why we're unhappy, the reason why people, you know, are in this search for meaning crisis, looking for meaning in their lives, is because they're not stopping and listening. They're focusing on the beliefs that they've always had, and they're going to defend those beliefs over hell or high water, even if it destroys them. Well, here I'm saying you don't need to let it destroy you. You can change your beliefs at any point in time. In fact, smart people do it all the time, just like we do. We change. You know, to use an analogy that uh, Dwayne uses all the time as well, I'm not the same guy I was five years ago. My 2015 version of Andrew my 2000 was different even to my 2010 version. You know what? That's a bloody good thing, and I'm proud of that too, and I think everybody should be as well. Good on you, brother, and and it's... It's definitely about growth, eh? And, and a lot about what you just spoke about is mm. is that growth. And without those groundings, those realities, uh, Andrew speaks of the universe in my interpretation, which is the same thing, the old fellas. So a lot of your listeners would probably 
hear me say that a bit um, because that's yeah. that's the way that I've been taught by my old my old teachers and and what a what a way to give a complete contrast which is essentially the same thing and it's be- believing now believing's a strong word and and, and it is I, I you know I really value that word but it's also connecting to, to a higher purpose and uh, believe is somewhat and it's great that you've given a, a different viewpoint on it Andrew because belief or belief system is generally attached to a religious belief and people look at that as black and white right um, that yes they, they do. don't know that there's an absolutely beautiful distorted gray in between the black and the white so for the listeners out there that are a bit challenged by what we've said or maybe you've you've felt this or you maybe crept down a path and tried something and it didn't quite work out whatever that whatever that is uh, it, it's something to think about what is what is the gray got for, for me you know where where is the gray because the reality is we're all in the gray there's there's no black and white it's all the gray you know? are we like um you know the likes of Deepak Chopra and, and Eckhart Tolle are we uh, spiritual beings having a, a human experience, or whereas you know another term of it is, is uh, are you the dancer or, or is life the dancer? And and by you looking at that work, especially around Eckhart, uh, in a way he puts puts things um, in into perspective. Now that book uh, that you've referenced and I've referenced, either the power of the now, practicing the power of the now, or my my personal favorite, a new earth, is probably the that that really good yeah. book so for those listeners out there that are probably thinking about where are these guys going it, it is centered centered around that now i'm a uh, i'm a i'm an indigenous man that has had the privilege to go through uh, my rite of passage and and, and so forth in, in my ceremonial ways but that book and that teaching um as you know andrew full well absolutely blew me out of the water when i looked at the title of that book and what uh, one of the chapters up on our on our on our sacred ridge uh, is about, and it's the exact same story, uh, exact same story about yeah. being in the middle, yeah, uh, being in the now. So that was a, a big moment, and that's that that had me at hello that book once I got it, and that was the first I just grabbed it mm. and, I, and I read it from from cover to cover to cover, and yeah, you, you know, we all we're all saying the same thing. You know, that's one thing that I realised over time: ancient teachers, modern teachers. You know, black, white, Muslim, Christian, you know, we're all actually saying the same thing. We're just using different words, different languages, different cultural appropriations. Yeah. That's all. So I have the meta- I have the metaphor of the universal highway, Andrew, and sometimes we take exits and we go on the country road yeah. or the coastal road or the windy mountain ridge road and we might stop and that might take us five, six, seven, eight, ten years, however long, and we come back to that universal. But that universal highway is always there. We're using different vehicles. We're, yeah. we're taking different routes. But in the most part, whether or not we're upgrading and going too fast, then again, I'm going to use my analogy of the spirit car. Um, so the spirit car for yeah, our nice. listeners is your being and who you are as, as a vehicle. And that vehicle sometimes needs its tires changed. It might need a transmission check. It might need a full service, major or minor, you know, drop the oil, um, get rid of the garbage in, in the filter, um, you know, upgrade sometimes, all these different things. We, we need to sometimes look at where is our vehicle, uh, our spirit car taking us and, and how, how, how much in tune is it uh, with that universal highway. And, 
if you um, you know imagine yourself going down the Hume Highway from Sydney to Melbourne, you know you're on that highway and you could go left and right and take an exit to go any any which direction across the continent. So, in in a in a very sort of basic way, that's the way I describe this journey into finding your truth is everybody's in a different spirit car. Everybody may have to park their spirit mm. car and, you know, go in and do other other work and but it's always there and it's always there for you to for you to access if you choose to do to do that. And what I want to go back to the touch points I, I went to earlier is that we're not often in the most part, some people are very privileged and blessed to be able to connect with that very early in their life. But again, in the in the most part, especially for men, I'd hate to wrap numbers around it, Andrew, but it'd be a high proportion of men generally hit that grounding or that um, you know that moment of reality, like myself and you, uh, that we could yeah. put ourselves yeah. as as great examples that we were both living lives that. Um, whether or not it's a little ruthless to say they were shallow lives, um, you know, they were surface lives, like, you know, we would go and Yeah, I think it's a good way to describe good, it. Um, good times were me as, as an ex-rugby league player, getting out, you know, getting the training, playing the game and then going and drinking afterwards and then hanging, you know, with a circle of mm. friends, mind you, that, that I still value and I love dearly. A lot of those, a lot of those people that were in, in those circles at that time, but that was a, that was a life that... Um, you, you just know, and and for the listeners out there, you may have to re-listen to this episode to to fully understand what we're saying, and you know, in, in another space and another time. But you're just going to know when that time's right. It's so hard to. It's a little bit what you touched on earlier, Andrew. We can't delve into someone else's journey because we're only the lieutenants. Uh, essentially, they're the captains of their yep. own ship. Um, so if they want to jump in that that fleet of ships with us and 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 travel that's fine so it, it's it's really understanding that yes there's i've got some things here it's observation learning to watch yourself watch others um yep. watch your mind now there is some really good techniques and, and a simple one that i like to do some people like to journal in the morning so maybe that could be a first action that some of the the men could take they could um they could journal but if you're not much of a writer it could be a really quick video log doesn't have to be sexy you might still be in your underpants or whatever but you, you know you, you, you what you're doing is you're talking to yourself when you're starting to realize who you are um by by either watching yourself or, or seeing yourself right another great terminology that i've that i've adopted in recent times is taking the garbage out so if you're like me and maybe growling on your son oh, he hasn't taken the garbage out look at it in a different way if you physically take the garbage out or the recycling and go put that and leave that for the first thing in the morning, it's probably the first thing that you, you do in the morning, that could be a great tool just to start that journey. Then that could in turn start looking at a maybe looking at uh, meditation or mindfulness or having a bit of an explore into different things. It's not everything's not for everybody. You, you need to find your own own formula and build your own ecosystem, as I keep referring to. Um but it all helps, yeah. and and you know what? I've got a rule, Andrew, um, for what it's worth, and I, and I'm really proud. Um, what's happening uh, in current times has helped me do that and check in with that. Is that I have a rule that I don't look at my my phone um, for the at least the first sixty minutes of my morning. Um, sometimes I go to two hours nice. and I don't even look at my phone. Um, I leave it, I park it, I make the kids like I did this morning waffles, and uh, or I, I'm doing, and, I, and I'm and I'm a dad that 
obviously has that luxury. You know, I never used to. I was I was like in in construction industry, grinding away for 12, 14 hours a day, like a lot of the men probably listening, thinking, well, "Yeah, but how do I do that?" Yeah. Well, maybe that's a Sunday morning where you make that special breakfast for your kids, bacon and eggs, or you know, just throwing out different ideas. But what we're essentially trying to say is throwing out a few few light bulbs to the listeners out there is that your truth is there but there's an unlearning and then there's, a, there's an observation to, to figure out what we're trying to say because this could be very foreign what we're trying to say. It could essentially be sounding like we're yeah. speaking a different language, but it's there and it's for you to connect with if you choose to do so. And the reason why observation is so important is because if you don't know what you're dealing with, how can you possibly fix it? You know, if, if you, you're not aware of what's going on within you, you can't genuinely change your approach. So I, I completely agree with you that uh, that observation is really, really important. Yeah, it's it's also looking, again, at your intent. And you know, in recent times, I, I've noticed, and, and whether whether it's ironclad or not, but I listened to a one of the top sports coaches in, in America and, and I listened to his positive mindset. And that, again, goes in turn with what what I what I'm talking about a lot is basically looking at your mind as – you know, essentially the brain's a muscle, right? And that was a big awakening. I know that sounds really logical, Andrew, but when I heard a professor and a doctor talk about this on, a, on another podcast a while back and he, he described it in a very simple and blunt way that just hit me square between the eyes and that was that the brain doesn't fully develop until you're on average around 28 years of age. So being more to the point is that men generally um, – are not accustomed to develop that that um, I can't remember the actual technical medical term, but there's a there's an observation. So I label it as that an observation to your to your inner yeah. in, intuition. And some of us get that earlier. Yeah. We might be very blessed to be uh, put in that you know, in that space. But I look at my own journey, and I was a very very similar age. I was around 26, 27 when I for the old followers or the universe uh, put me in a place where. I, I had to start to, to, to delve into that. It was, a, it was a whole different way of doing it. But what, it, what I found interesting about that research and that statement was is that when we look at a, a man's journey, it's generally around that late twen- mid to late 20s where they're starting to really, and you, and you hear the cliche thrown around, Andrew, that you don't really understand you know, your life until you, you hit around that, that peak. So that for me was a, was a really important yeah. inf- bit of information that, that made me understand that how, how important observation, intent, and, and your energy is around that sort of work. And again, I was like you. I've only just found that out at nearly 37 years of age. So it's, it was quite yeah. powerful for me. Yeah. So I think the more that men can start to understand a little bit more about these different facets, facets in, in your well-being, um, you know, it's, it's very interesting. So again, you only take in what um, you feel, and, and I think that's a really important bit of guidance for men out there that are, that are trying their best to uh, find their truth. But essentially, I think we might need to change the language. you always be finding your truth. You'll always be on your truth pathway. Yeah. And, yeah, look, I, I think that's a really good distinction, and thank you for making that as well because you're right, finding your truth is is a moment that we have. You know, it's, we get to a point in our life and we feel like we're starting to find our truth. And uh, the, the fact of the matter is, is we'll forever be finding our truth. All I do know is that 
been on that journey of finding your truth initially and constantly updating that truth or upgrading that truth is a much better, more peaceful, happier, more fulfilling uh, moment and process than it ever is being sitting around being unconscious and unhappy in your life. You know, so you, you talk about the observation. I use the words, you know, becoming conscious or consciously aware of what's going on. It's the same thing is we, um, we need to first of all recognise what's going on within us. Uh, you know, what's happening within us or even in our relationships with other people, what's going on within them, what you recognise that. And then we need to stop for a minute and reflect on what do we want instead. You know, if if we're recognising something that's leading us to being unhappy, what do we want instead, which is usually happiness. You know, it's something we're all eternally in search for. Um, but we need to reflect on that. And then we need to resolve it. And we resolve yeah. it by taking action. And anything's easy to resolve. you just got to do what's required to resolve it. And I know that's a bit of a circular com- comment and not very helpful as well, but it's, yeah. it is the truth. The question is, is what's going to resolve it? And that's the mystery. That's what each individual needs to figure out. This is where, you know, coaches and everything like that, they can yeah. be really, really helpful because they can help speed up that process of dissecting this and breaking it all down. Why? Because they've been through it before. Usually, uh, you know, like myself, they've got processes and tools that they use and stuff to accelerate the process. And that's really helpful as well. But, you know, this finding the truth, I just want to jump back to, yep. you know, the beliefs again. I just want to be really, really clear with everybody. I'm not in any way saying you can't believe something. You have every right to believe and think whatever you damn well please. And I will always honour your right to believe it, even if that is completely the opposite to what I'm believing. You have that right and I will honour you for having that right. All I'm trying to say is in the sets of beliefs that we have and some of our beliefs are about personal stuff like relationships and ourselves, the relationship we have with ourselves, the relationship we have with others. It might be about our beliefs around work. It might be around our beliefs around family. It might be beliefs around religion, you know, all this sort of stuff. I was just using religion as an example because I see it happen a lot. Whereas some people, they're quite comfortable in their religious beliefs and they're still steadfast on them and that's awesome. Rock on, bring it on. You know, good for you for that. But there will be something somewhere else that is keeping you unhappy. And one common thing I also see in a lot of people, both in men and women, is that, you know, in their 40s or 50s, they're actually incredibly unhappy in the relationships that they formed in their late teens, early 20s, and the commitment they made back then that at that point in time was told to them was a lifelong commitment and they must protect that. Well, to be quite honest with you, I think there's enough evidence to show in the fact that the divorce rate is higher than those that stay in marriage yeah. in Western society. I think there's enough evidence to show the fact that people make these decisions in their 20s and they get to a particular point in their life, usually around their midlife crisis, I might add, mm. where they start to realise that's actually no longer working for them, that they need to move on. Yeah, just just on that, uh, I used to call that in, for the listeners, I have a construction background. I have 10 years as, as a plaster or a chip rocker and I used to find, I used to call it the, uh, the tradesman's curse because every it was a high proportion and maybe it was more than every one in two um you know which is half uh, people were, were divorced purely because that um that industry was just so heavily intensely you know staying away from home and, and taking such a strain on on 
on uh, women especially and then partners at home with the kids. Um, but in turn, even the more successful uh, men I found in the industry with, you know, that were making it, so to speak, and had plenty of, plenty of coin, um, that, that would occur as well. So it's just an observation. I'm not trying to have a pot shot at the construction industry, but it's my experience and, and what I've seen. And, and that just goes really nicely into, into what, you, what you're saying. Uh, and, yeah, I just wanted to chuck that in, Andrew. No, 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 I, I agree with you. I've also heard the same term called the copper's curse. Oh, right. You know, yeah. you know, policemen being dedicated to their job and stuff like that, that they there's an extraordinarily high consumption rate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely it does. You know, and look, entrepreneurs are a bit the same, you know, because we do. We get consumed with our work and stuff like that. Uh, I'm very fortunate because Michelle's very understanding of the work that I do and she understands the purpose behind it and why the universe needs me to do it. Um, she also understands my business mind and knows that for me to make this work, for me to help more people, for me to... Uh, free more people from their suffering and their unhappiness. I've got to also have a business mind on foot. Yeah. Um, because if the business is making money, it means I can travel more, which means I can hold more events, I can do more speaking events, you know, all this sort of stuff. It's it's the whole chicken and the egg thing. Yeah. It, it's got to go hand in hand. And this is why I'd also talk about how important it is uh, to marry spirituality with practicality. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of people that have this awakening. They throw in their job. They sell their prized possessions and stuff. They go over to India and live in an ashram for a little bit, and then they come home and think, oh, my God, what have I done? Mm. They're feeling happier. They're they're more at peace with the world and stuff like that, but then they realize they wake up to the practicality aspect of physical life living, and we've got to connect with that. We can't be afraid of that. It's not about being materialistic. I was once materialistic. I'm not materialistic anymore, but I also know that I need to put a house a roof over my, my family's head. I do know I need to put food on the table. Uh, I do know we, we need to have a holiday as well once a year. You know, all these simple, simple things. Um, and, look, my kids do really well out of it. You know, they're spoiled rotten. I've got to admit that. Um, and, look, am I creating more of a headache for them by looking after them as well as I do? Possibly. Who knows? Mm. When they're ready, when they're ready to leave the nest, we'll figure that out. Okay, and they, more to the point, they'll be, uh, as my father always used to say to me, they'll be uh, fat enough, ugly enough, and old enough to figure it out for themselves. Yeah. So you know, it's look, as a uh, as a father, I'm really happy that I'm no longer consumed by the nine to five treadmill. Mm-hmm. You know, I've built a business and stuff that they can sustain us and move us forward in a way that means I can be a very present father. Mm. So when my kids are with me and stuff like that, I'm I'm with them too. Uh, but I know not everybody's got that luxury. Everybody, I believe, can have that luxury. Again, it comes down to changing our belief system, mm. you know, changing the way we think about things and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, and again, it, it, you may not have to change your whole belief system. There might just be one aspect of your belief system that just needs a, a fundamental shake-up, and that can make all the difference as well. But again, you know, when we start to explore, usually triggered by midlife crisis, certainly was in my case, um, when we start to explore this possibility, and that's where it starts, just the mere possibility in our thoughts that there's something more going on outside than we had first given credit to. Mm-hmm. There's more going on outside there in the universe than we'd first thought. We start to open the door, and, this, and you went to what I refer to as the discovery phase, yeah. where we just try and absorb so much information from all different walks of life, different seeds, different perspectives, different theories, all this sort of stuff. We just go on a thirst. And that is just all about that finding your truth aspect. That's all about that discovery process. 
And what happens is when you start to find your truth, you start to awaken to your truth. And that triggers that sort of gentle awakening. Sometimes it can be a pretty abrupt awakening as well. That's right. But that's part of the process. That's part of the fun of it all. That's part of the reinvigoration of life mm-hmm. as well. I mean, you, you talk about it, uh, you know, during your, your weekend-long fully immersive Gulliga tour. Mm. I mean, that was a massive awakening for me yeah. and a realisation on many, many levels. Um was it my final big trigger? No, it wasn't, but it was a major, major part of all of the different things I discovered in my discovery phase. That's right. It was a building that event- Correct. That's right. That's right. That eventually triggered that awakening. And it's, it's amazing that when you find your truth, there's, I don't know, there's a new lease on life. There's a new excitement about it all. There's these new possibilities and perspectives. Yeah. And uh, you suddenly start to bounce out of bed. That's right. A little easier. Yeah, and, and I and I refer to that as the fireworks going off uh, nice. moment. And again, I, I've touched on before in previous episodes, and and today I, I've sort of hit on touch points around you know living that life, my former life, which is a part of my story and, and my journey and my growth. Um, it you know when when you either get to this point, um, and sometimes it's hard to describe. Um, right, let's go to another cliche, change is good as a holiday. Uh, when you make that change, um, it can be a holiday. It can, it can be something like yourself being in your, in yourself, you know, in your midlife crisis and not wanting to come out because of how profound it was. And I, and I totally resonate and grab that because yeah. I'm in a very similar space of, of sitting probably what is now a decade into my, uh, I call it the woke moment, of course, and I know that's another phrase for it, which essentially means the same thing. And and so, you know, more to the point around the men that are either either the, they're grabbing what they're saying, what we're saying today, or they're a bit challenged by what we're saying. That's a good thing. That's part of your growth. That's a part of mm-hmm. you at least listening through to this point of this podcast show um, to maybe be more curious and, and throw out some more intention to, to, to grow. And, you know, that grounding moment might have already um happened um and you might be thinking oh that's a bit after the fact now but the the healing is in that moment and and it's not too late to revisit that moment because it's at some point andrew as you know full well you're gonna have to go back to that moment you're gonna have to go back there that's the reality and i feel there's a lot of people naturally i totally understand it Uh, i too was in that boat so to speak of, of being quite confronted and hesitant to go back to that grounding moment. Um, and it could be in your childhood. Uh, I know you've got a powerful story around that. Um, it could be in more recent times. It, it could be a bad breakup or something that you've done that you you feel now you've got to be really careful. I'm, I'm a big person on wordings and, and regret is something I do not use very lightly at all. Um, I'm the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know exactly where you're going. One of those words that takes you into a, a very dark and, and toxic place and, um, we've, we've again spoken about, I like to call them learnings, Re- regardless of what decision put you into that, um, catastrophe or that really bad choice in your life. It's, um, it's so important that we need to be accountable for our decisions, uh, be open to growth. And, yeah. you know, most importantly, what I'll leave the visitors with today is who, who are you? You know, your, your religion or your belief is not necessarily your, your, or your career is not necessarily your identity and I'm going to leave our listeners with that one around who, who are you or who you are 
uh, and what is your identity and that's something to ponder on um, throughout the next the next week till we, till we come back to Secret Men's Business. And you know what, I think that's a fabulous topic for another podcast as well because, you know, who am I? We think it's the a question of uh, discovery, uh, but I believe it's a, a question of ultimate creation. But that's suddenly something we can pick up on another time. So sure. thank you, mate. An absolute pleasure talking to you about this. Uh, this week you know finding your truth I think is an important thing that all of us need to do it was nice to go on that universal highway and see where your exits and entry points are and, and yeah I had a I had an absolute blast again this week on secret men's business which we don't want to make so much of a secret anymore so thanks Andrew and thank you to the listeners out there again that feedback and reviews if you can for us we would much appreciate that because we're in love with our process and we want to try and make our process open Uh, to become your process as well so see you next week brother thank you you're very welcome mate the pleasure's all mine thank you everybody have an awesome week and remember keep smiling thanks for listening to secret men's business if you want to get in touch with us contact us through email via info at secretmensbiz.com if you want to catch a replay of this episode or listen to older episodes, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Secret Men's Business and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Don't tell me that it's just a fight Cause somewhere, someone lied Standing on solid rock Standing on sacred ground Living on this program was produced in association with Bad Boys Productions. Yalagan Yalabaya. Promise me.